On this episode, I quickly touch on what you could be expecting over the next few weeks uh, and start to reflect on some of the learnings from the delivery of the Attica model thus far. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 39 of Arv's Notes. Uh, so very soon you're going to start seeing this Tuesday format shift a little bit. So we've obviously talked about the fact that I'm moving Thursdays onto the Attica page. Obviously this Tuesday one is all about my startup journey. But one thing I realized was getting into this formal setting where I'm talking to a camera like this on a tripod, properly mic'd up and everything. It's very staged and often I'm scrambling to work out, okay, let's summarize the week, what has happened. And one thing that I started to realize was I'm getting a lot of ideas for content in the moment uh, and just not recording it. Partially because I just don't necessarily, I'm not comfortable um, recording in, in the public with people walking by and whatnot. But um, another one is I felt that when I've tried it a few times, hands are a bit shaky and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I was using excuses not to do it. But uh, to eliminate all those excuses, um, I have invested in a DJI Osmo Mobile 2, which is a mobile gimbal, like a stabilizer that you can use for handheld. So now that I've invested into it, now I'm committed to it. So very soon, I think what's gonna happen on Tuesdays or potentially multiple times during the week, um, you're gonna be starting to see mashups of content outdoors where I'll be using my um, Powerbeats wireless headphones in terms of, for the mic, sorry. Uh, and at times when I can get the mic uh, set up on that. But what you'll be seeing is more thoughts in the moment as in when they arise during the day. Uh, so that way, hopefully the content is a little bit more richer um, and a level of detail and context that you're probably not getting with me um, trying to summarize everything into the day. So definitely watch out. Uh, for that and I'm hoping that gimbal comes next week so you may even see some of it uh, in the next episode. Uh, but today's one was really about some of the learnings that I've taken now that we're about four and a half months into this Attica journey um, and the process of actually launching the product to market and now testing. Now a big one for me with Attica and the subscription model was I wanted to test to make sure that I could actually deliver against the business case that I developed. Uh, it wasn't all about going out and grabbing a whole lot of customers. It was about testing to make sure that I could deliver to the customer because at this point, my reputation is literally everything. And if I lose it because I don't deliver, uh, you can say goodbye to the business. Now, one of the key assumptions that I made going into this was that I'd be able to support up to five customers at the same time uh, on my subscription model. And the rationale behind it was because I wasn't doing a lot of the documentation work, because I wasn't uh, necessarily doing the hands and feet work, all I was doing was pretty much having conversations and email threads, Slack, text, whatever it was, with people and guiding them as to how they should approach situations and inject my expertise into the organization. Um, I thought that I could almost eliminate about 70% of the work. And, by, and because of that, I thought that by eliminating that, I should be able to get about five customers in um, at max capacity. Uh, the other piece into that was um, that I would not be doing any sort of like coordination hand and feet work as well. It was purely advice uh, given to the customer. The second part to that was I knew that customers would fluck 
would, would fluctuate. You know, one month they may use a lot, one month they wouldn't, but at an average, um, they would balance themselves out if I had a group of five to get to a certain point. Now, at this stage, I haven't yet been able to find uh, customers two, three, four, and five to properly test it, uh, but I have been able to use my first customer as a real test case to see what works, what doesn't, what delivers the outcome, and what doesn't deliver the outcome, and it's actually quite uh, interesting. And unfortunately, because I've blurred the lines with this customer, I've been doing some ad hoc work uh, because they have been down um, uh, chief technology officers. So I kind of stepped in to help them with that role. And I've been, you know, billing myself out on a day rate basis to help them, you know, coordinate relationships with part third party vendors, be the negotiation arm to identify and come to commercial arrangements, um, understand the technology strategy as well and help execute against it. So a lot of the doing. Now the challenge with accepting the money, which was incredibly uh, valuable for the business, just purely because when you're starting out, getting revenue through the door is very, very important so I can reinvest it back into the business. The downside to this is, you know, having done a lot of the hands and feet work, a lot of that testing time effectively is null and void and out the window because I wasn't actually doing the subscription model, I was doing a traditional consulting model um, where I was literally exchanging time for effort and doing a lot of the work. So that was point number one and I think that one of the learnings here is this business could be another couple of months ahead from a learnings perspective if I hadn't accepted the money or hadn't accepted that extra work in order to help the customer get through this point in their, in their journey which then is something that I think that so many startup founders or entrepreneurs face on a day-to-day -day basis is that when do you make the choice to take the money or when do you hold true to the business that you're trying to create? And it's a balancing act. And in this case, I still believe I made the right choice, but it's interesting to reflect back on it that that's now actually set me back a little while. But one thing is interesting here is um, especially when it comes to the communication and coordination. One thing that ha I thought would be the case going into this, but now is really cemented is the fact that when you're doing a lot of things remotely, it's a lot harder and more time consuming than when you do it face to face. Now, if you have anyone that's working will know this to be true, you know, texting back and forth or picking up the phone and giving a call and then going back and forth can often take two, three, five times longer than a face-to-face -face discussion. Now, it's not just because face-to-face -face it's easy because the moment you think of what you need to ask, you can just walk over to the desk and ask the question, but it's also because you can't read body language. You can't get a sense of what the person is thinking and that EQ element in people-to-people um, -people interaction is just so important in order, in order to get to the outcome. Now, over the last sort of week, as I've been trying to coordinate a few things uh, from Melbourne to my customer who's in Sydney, you start to see that happening. While yes, sometimes I do pick up the phone, and I give them a call, sometimes I'm on Slack, sometimes I'm on text, trying to coordinate a lot of this is becoming quite a bit harder. And so one of the key risks that you can now kind of see going through this process is that the moment you get into the work of coordinating rather than advising, again, is something that will chew into that time and break the model. So at least there is one key learning that as I start to engage new customers, it is purely to realize that no, no, co no even coordination, I'll be a part of meetings, but 
I will not lead nor coordinate nor bring it or corral it all together. Just purely because that time that gets consumed there throws the business case completely out of whack. And so I, I guess from the experience thus far, while from my perspective, it's a bit slower than I would have liked, but when you step back and you realize that in four and a half months, you've already got a customer. I've now got a promo marketing video, which I will link in the description below. Um, and I might actually stick it at the end of this video as well. I'll add that into the end. So the last three minutes, st stick around for it because you'll get to see what the promo video actually looks like. Um, but you know, now that one's completed uh, and that one's off and running. Um, I've got a, a bit on LinkedIn. I've, I've got some targeted advertising to try and push that in front of the right people so they can uh, get exposed to the offer first. Um, you know, a lot has happened in four months, uh, four and a half months now, sorry. And I think I reflected on this back in December, but still great progress, but still a lot of work to be done. So anyway, a couple of thoughts from, from my end around the testing, around the learnings from the journey thus far. Um, and, and that's about it for this episode today. So stick around for the video because it's coming up now. Hi, my name is Arvind Nathan and I'm the founder and CEO of Attica. And if you're watching this video right now, there's a good chance that you are either a employee or an operator of a not-for-profit or a small medium enterprise. And in this video, I'm gonna be talking you through one of the key challenges that you will be facing, both internally within your organization, but importantly, externally within your market. Now, my experience in the tech sector has taught me many things. The first is that regardless if you're a small business, large enterprise or a government organization, a not-for-profit, every single organization feels the effects of digital disruption. But one thing became very clear, and that was that the people with the skills and the expertise to be able to understand this change and help organizations navigate their way through this disruption was in short supply. And what do you get when you have a short supply and a high demand? you get an incredible price premium. And unfortunately, it priced so many small businesses and not-for-profits completely out of the market, and they have been struggling since. So instead of following the status quo of the industry, I founded Attica to be able to provide these organizations with the flexible and affordable means to access these skills so that they could take advantage of the opportunities presented by digital disruption. So how do we do it? Now, Attica isn't your traditional consulting house. Instead of charging high day rates that leave our customers with unpredictable monthly bills, we charge a fixed flat monthly cost. Instead of retainers that have limited days of effort for you per month, we offer unlimited consumption. And instead of locking our customers into 12 or 24 month contracts, we opt for a month to month subscription model. You could think of us as the Netflix of the advisory world, because in this model, we are able to provide that flexibility, that affordability, and that access to the skills and expertise that you will need to thrive in a digitally disrupted world. 
So if you want to learn more, click on the link below. It'll take you to our website that will be able to give you a level of detail. And if you're affected by what digital disruption is doing to your markets, or you're feeling the effects internally, I highly recommend you book in a no obligation call with us to discuss how we may be able to create value within your organization. So hopefully you enjoyed it. I would love some feedback from you as to what that video uh, was to you, where there could be some improvements. Um, and obviously uh, I've, I've linked down the full video standalone in the description below. So if you're on the podcast, uh, you probably heard a lot of audio there. So you would have heard me talking through it. So again, without seeing the visuals, hearing me talk through, it would be interesting to see what your thoughts on that are. Um, but obviously always open to feedback. Um, I know it's gonna be a lot of changes, a lot of improvements from your perspectives, but if it helps me get the message across to a customer, I'll take everything on board. So as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this content, watch this on YouTube, and as always, I can't wait to see you guys next time.